Once upon a time. Welcome to a new episode of Discover Oral Teaching. This and the next episode will be all about stories, how to learn them, how to tell them lively, how to choose and discuss them. But first of all, I want to share a little about the reasons why stories are so powerful, even so powerful that they create and change worldviews. I start with sharing three general reasons and continue with an example and then go on with more details on the effects stories have. The first reason why stories are so powerful is that stories always provide context. I hope you remember that oral learners need context in order to understand and remember information and that 70 to 80% of the world population are oral learners. So a story is always about one or more people, happens at a certain place and gives a certain situation and provides context in which something takes place. So it always gives context. Secondly, everyone learns best from experiences. Now, the interesting thing is that we do not have to experience everything ourselves. No, we also do learn from experiences other people do. And we can learn from their mistakes and successes as well as our own. When we listen to a story, we identify with the people in the story and whatever person experiences and learns we also experience and learn. The third reason why stories are so powerful is that stories speak not only to our mind, but also to our heart. As I just said, we often identify with the hero of the story and are drawn into the story emotionally. And with that, the story creates heart knowledge, which is often much stronger than any theoretical head knowledge. What I mean with head and heart knowledge, I will show you with an example I heard from a missionary who works in Asia. Well, one day there was a solar eclipse at the place where she lives. And of course, it did not come by surprise. People had been informed, they had heard about it in school, on TV, radio, newspapers. The people knew that the moon would be between the sun and the earth and therefore blocks out the light and that it would get dark and later on light again. But these people also have an old myth which explains a solar eclipse in this way. Sometimes a big dragon comes and swallows the sun. Then everyone has to make as much noise as possible in order to scare the dragon and make him spit out the sun again. Well, the solar eclipse came and even though the people were able to explain the sun, moon and earth being on one line, as soon as it started to get dark and the birds started to cry and the whole atmosphere became creepy and mysterious, the people ran home, grabbed their pots and pans and made as much noise as they were able to do. And yes, fortunately, the dragon spit out the sun and it got light and warm again. I think this is a brilliant example on how heart knowledge works. We can know a lot in our head, but in times when we feel afraid, unsecure, out of our comfort zone, 
and maybe have to make decisions we do not think logical and whatever our head knows does not matter anymore. But we behave and decide according to what we know in our heart. And usually what is in our heart is experience and stories. What we believe in our hearts, what forms our convictions and how we interpret situation makes us behave as we do. And all of this is called worldview. So why do stories form worldview? Well, stories provide a basis of common origin and identity. If you have people who know the same stories like you, fairy tales, Bible stories, myth, legends, doesn't matter, you will be drawn into their community and you will feel like you belong together. It gives you identity. That's also why families who have their stories are connected. So knowing the same stories gives you identity. You belong to that group. Stories also answer questions about human destiny and what helps to alter it. So what is our destiny? What should we do? What is the purpose of life? How can we influence what happens? Stories usually give answers to that. Stories also explain phenomena of nature and life, like with the solar eclipse. When something happens, how do we interpret it? How do we explain what happens? Stories give explanations. Also, stories reinforce basic assumptions of authority, respect and rights to land or other material possessions. So who is who? Who is an authority? Whom do you should respect? Who is a nobody? You can also say it gives a clear picture to who is included and who is not included. So who are we and who are they? Who belongs to me? And who is an insider? Who is an outsider? Whom do we have to treat? How? Stories also teaches and reinforces moral values. What is behavior that is rewarded? And what is behavior that is punished? Stories also illustrate ideal and sub-ideal behavior. I don't know about the stories you know, but some of the fairy tales I know, it's usually the prince who has to earn the right to become a king and he has to show that he has the right character. He has to overcome obstacles and he has to prove that he is just and wise and honest and caring. And it's very interesting that in our fairy tales, that's what a good king is. Even though in real life, often the kings were not like this. But the idea of a good king, we often draw from fairy tales and stories and not from history. So there you already see how powerful stories are to give us ideals and role models. Also, stories give encouragement in times of difficulties and uncertainties. When you don't know yourself, what will happen? You have never been in that situation before. Maybe you know a story where somebody experienced something similar and so then that person becomes a role model and it helps you to go through that time which is new for you but not new for the person in the story. It is certainly interesting to have a look at the stories you were told as a child. It will show and explain a lot of who you are and what you stand for, what you think is right or wrong, what is right behavior, what is wrong behavior. For example, I 
loved fairy tales as a child, and I still do, but I never grew up with the Bible. I never went to Sunday school. I didn't hear all the Bible stories as a child. So when I started to read the Bible, I was a teenager, and I was intrigued by the stories, but often they were also different and confronting. They were different from what I used to think. Fortunately, I kept reading. And as the years went by, they made more sense to me. And actually, some of my convictions about the world and about humans and also morality, these convictions changed. And I do see now how the Bible stories worked in my heart and changed my worldview. Also, some of the values I drew from the stories in the beginning were now changed and exchanged by the value that the Bible stories told me. It doesn't happen from one day to the other. It does take time, and in general, they say that it takes five to seven different stories about the same topic to challenge and to bring a change to a worldview. So it's good that the Bible provides so many stories. So worldview can be changed. But it needs time and it needs different stories. To give you an example of a story with a different worldview, I want to tell you a story from Mongolia. When I heard it in language school, I first thought my Mongolian must be so poor that I misunderstood much. But in the end, I had actually understood it correctly. But the behavior of the people in the story and the lessons of that story was just totally different from what I was used to. Here is a story. There was the earth and there were seven suns. So it was very hot. The flowers withered. The trees barely had any leaves left. People were thirsty and they were dying. And it was clear that something had to change. Otherwise, the world and the earth as it existed would go away. And then there came the most famous archer. He came with his bow and his arrows, and he took the first arrow and put it in the bow, and he pulled the string. He aimed, and he shot the arrow, and the arrow flew through the sky and hit the first sun, and the sun went down. So the archer took the second arrow, put it in the bow, pulled the string, aimed, shot, and the second sun went down and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and the sixth sun went down. So then the archer took his seven arrow, and he put it in the bow, and he pulled the string, he aimed, and he shot. But while the arrow was flying through the air, there was a swallow that crossed that path, and the arrow hit the tail of the swallow, and it split the tail. And because of that, the way was turned and the arrow did not hit the sun. And the seventh sun kept on staying at the sky. The archer was looking at the swallow. He jumped on his horse and chased after the swallow with his horse in order to kill it because the swallow had disturbed the way of the arrow. But the swallow was very fast and the archer and the horse could not get it. So the archer jumped off his horse took his sword and chopped off the bag legs of his horse. And the horse turned into the prairie animal 
which has no back legs and peeps in the morning and in the evening. And then the archer took the sword and chopped off his thumbs, and he turned into a groundhog, and he dug himself down under the ground because he was so ashamed that he had failed hitting the seventh son. So from now on, as a groundhog, he lived underground, and each morning he came up to see if the sun would rise or if it might have been gone. But the sun rose every morning, and the groundhog returned underground in all his shame, and he lived there, underground in the darkness, till he died. Well, if you have a similar background like me, this tale will puzzle you. When I heard it, I went home and longed for a story with a prince and a princess and a happy ever after. In many ways, this story does precisely what I explained before. It explains where the sun comes from, it explains why the swallow has a split tail, how the groundhog and the prairie animal came to being. It teaches value in a way that the most important thing is to keep your face. The story does not pay any attention on the fact that if the archer would have hit the seventh sun, that the earth would be too cold and it would be impossible to live on the earth that in the end it was good that the arrow went astray. No, what matters is that the archer did not succeed it and therefore lost his face and had to hide underground till he dies. So there is action which is rewarded and action which is punished. So this story challenged my worldview and it also helped me to understand some of the Mongolian behavior and in order to change my worldview, it would have taken many more of these kind of stories and also stronger stories to convince me that my stories are actually weaker and that their stories are stronger. So if we want to change people's worldview and following Jesus often means that, our main tool will be Bible stories and our lives as examples. To finish this episode, I will give you some more benefits of stories. Stories are usually universally enjoyed. It's not only something for children. Adults enjoy them as well. Stories are non-threatening. Stories are not considered evangelism. Even in countries where that is usually forbidden, telling stories is something they encourage and they like. Stories are shared and not discussed. You might not like a story, but you will not say that it is wrong. And so you will not start discussing how to change a story. And that's also why stories are non-threatening. It's not about arguments. It's about stories. Stories ensure that information is remembered readily and accurately. Because it has a storyline, people will not just know the middle. They will know the beginning, the middle and the end. Stories can help to change motivation and value. That's what I said. So if you tell enough stories, maybe your values and your motivation will change. In the end, maybe your worldview will change. Stories carry truth, facts, feelings, and nuances. And this, of course, is true for every story, not just the Bible stories. Every story claims in itself to be true. Stories linger. 
You will not forget them so easily. They will linger in your mind. They will linger in your heart. You will think about it maybe even unconsciously. So stories work even if you're not consciously thinking about it. Bible stories help theological understanding. People might not be a follower of Jesus yet, but by hearing Bible stories, they will understand the biblical worldview. And if they become a Christian later on, they will understand much easier about the different theological concepts they come across. So in that way, storytelling is already discipling before conversion. Stories give an inside perspective of the situation. Because we identify with the hero, we feel as the hero feels, we are in the story. And we get the perspective from inside. We are not talking about the story, we are in the story. And also stories increase the motivation to learn. You might want to learn what you heard about. It's also proven that people who have heard a lot of Bible stories and can't read and write, at a certain point they want to learn how to read in order to read the Bible and to read the stories themselves. So I hope you became excited about telling stories. In the next episode, I will tell you how to learn a story. Maybe think about a story you want to tell and come prepared. 